0: Hey everyone, this is Chris and Sandy Bit with the Chris and Sandy Show. We get up close to person with some amazing guests throughout the entertainment industry. And today, like I say in every episode, we have a great one for you. Who do we have?
1: We have Ken Lindner. He is an author, renowned celebrity, career coach, and founder of Positive Life Choice Psychology. Throughout his 38 years of career counseling, he has helped thousands of individuals to make highly constructive and self-actualizing life and career decisions, including the likes of Mario Lopez, Lester Holt, Megan Kelly, and many more.
0: And we're going to talk about his story and his his new book out, Aspire Higher, and see where this goes. So welcome to the show.
2: Welcome. Hi, Chris and Sandy. It's a pleasure to be with you both.
0: It's, oh, uh, it's an honor you. to have you on. Yes, it is. Um, so always yes, I start to share out the same, you know, a lot of people have went through a lot this last 18 months. Mm-hmm. How has that COVID affected what you do and what have you done to kind of maneuver through
2: this? Well, you know, COVID's been a time when I think we all have felt the fragility of life. Some of us have lost our incomes, our jobs. Uh, it's been a really hard time, obviously loved ones Mm -hmm.
0: so we've all
2: had to i think retrench reset in major ways and minor ways so i think it's really important at this pivotal time to know what it is you really want in your life because Mm -hmm. the thing is you can look at it very positively and constructively things happen and we've all heard Mm -hmm. it's how you react to them or how you act Once something happens. So this is your chance to have an amazing rest of your life. Have an amazing reset. And Aspire Higher is all about how to jumpstart your life in the most positive ways. How to take ownership and elevate your life in the most wonderful ways through the positive life choices that you make. Life choices that reflect your highest self, your highest goals, and your highest values. Because if starting today with small choices and larger ones, you begin to take positive ownership of your life, you put your life on a much better track, you develop confidence, high self-esteem, feelings of high self-worth, your self-image elevates, and you truly have the confidence that you can start putting your life on a far better track. And if you do that, you start to feel really good about yourself You feel worthy of this new life that you're forming for yourself. And you start to feel self-love. And you know, if you love yourself and you love the track that your life is on, you're far more likely to bestow love. And kindness, and mutual respect, and civility onto others, which I think will certainly help make our country a better and more peaceful and respect-filled place. So, for yep. so many reasons, yeah. if you can elevate yourself first through your life choices, you can absolutely elevate all those around you as well.
0: And you're so right on that too, because um, <laughs> like we procrat this show that we launched um. We procrastinated through we 2019. Th- 2019, while. we had this idea for this show. We were uh, supposed
1: to launch it beginning of that year. And
0: and we kept putting off and putting it off. And mm-hmm. see, we'd done interviews in the past years ago, but never yeah. like on a show level. And finally, I was like, you know what? We need to do this. And then I remember ba- and back in... Um, at the end of 2019, I told because I was like, every time we do it, we put it off. Even though we set a date, we put it right, off. Right. We switched so it. I came up. up with this crazy idea that you know what? My mom's birthday, which she's passed on now, but her birthday is January third. She's like maybe if I attach our launch date to her birthday,
1: a significant we will date
0: actually go through with it.
1: Mm-hmm. And we oh, did
0: January third, twenty twenty was when we launched. And you oh, talk and you oh, know, oh, and that's just issue. a Thanks. And it was the little momentum things that you were just talking about as you build on top. So all of a sudden we started interviewing people. We started doing this and doing that. And the Mm -hmm. show kept growing and then COVID happens. And that really took our show to a whole new level. And we have different guests and all that. Mm -hmm. And, And it's just been crazy that here it is. We're 22 months in on our show and we've interviewed almost 500 people. And we look back and we realize if we would not have
2: been consistent, as you just said, right. it was all about we would not be where we are. Well, there's no question about it. And the key really is you can get started today, just like you said, yeah. you made the decision, January 3rd. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna start that show. The key is yeah. you just need to say, I am ready to start elevating my life. And when I talk about it in Aspire Higher is what's so important is to take quiet time to figure out what you really want in your life. What will make Mm -hmm. your heart sing? Because if you know what you really want, then you can take the steps and make the life choices that reflect and get you to those goals. But you need to know what you want first. And it's important to be so honest with yourself Don't be defensive don't feel pressure from your parents your spouse your employer your friends it's your life and they're your choices and these are golden opportunities to really elevate your life so figure out what it is you really want in your life and then make choices that will help you get there
0: and i love that about the parents because that's something that we've noticed since we've been doing the interviews is um you watch Facebook, the people you're connected to. And a lot of times you'll see people say they they want their kids to be this doctor, this lawyer, this whatever. Uh, but when the kid comes to them and say, I want to be a musician, I want to be an actor. Oh, that, you know, oh no, you can't do that. And and, and I've watched people literally just drain the passion out of their Because I've got friends of mine that are 20 years in their career, 15, 20 years. And they're miserable. And I and I've sat down with some and asked them, you know, you got this great um, family, you got this great lifestyle, you got this great career, and a lot of times, like, whoa, 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 they're like, that's the problem. Like, what do you mean the career is the problem? You went through ten years of schooling, eight years of schooling, whatever it was, and almost every single one of them that's miserable says, well, I did it, but I was pushed that way. It says, my friends. My family, my mom, my dad, my guidance counselor, all said what I wanted to do, there was no money in. So I need to go make the money. And and now they're miserable.
2: Well, Chris and Sandy, you hit upon something that's huge. And I spend a great deal of time in Aspire Higher talking about how to deal with parents' expectations. Because they're really tough. I know I really <laughs> wanted my dad to Google. And... Um, I was under a lot of pressure to do things that made him happy. But the problem was yeah. I wasn't living my authentic life.
1: Mm-hmm. And the
2: more I would travel down the path of making other people happy, I felt unfulfilled because I wasn't doing what I really wanted. And yeah. I had two roommates, one in college and one in law school, both of whom were pursuing uh, pre- well, pre-med Uh, studies because their parents wanted them to be doctors and neither Mm -hmm. of them felt it. And one Mm -hmm. of them was Mm -hmm. growing up regularly. The other one suffered other uh, related symptoms and illnesses until Mm -hmm. they finally decided to do what they want to do to live their authentic self and be in Mm -hmm. harmony with what their heart was telling them. And I'll tell you Mm -hmm. one They are so in sync now. They're so happy and they are so fulfilling themselves and the ones around them because they're doing what they love. So it's so important.
0: And what they're called to.
2: What they're called to. That's such, that's so great. Following your calling. You know, that's what's so important. So one of the most important positive life choices is to make decisions that are consistent with your heart. We spend so much of our lives working, so much of our time working. Do something you love. Do things you love. Be with people you love. It's going to make you so much happier. Oh,
1: that is so true.
2: You know,
0: you talked about in your book, there's four key steps for positive outcomes. Talk a little bit about that, what you mean by that.
1: tell us more about those.
2: Well, you know, there are, what you really want to do is, first of all, you really want to know what it is you love. We talked about this a little bit earlier. It's so important because, again, that will put you on the right path. It will also help you to be more disciplined if you know what you really want because there's something called, for example, the negativity bias, which looms in all of us, scientists say, to varying degrees. And that is you can hear three wonderful things about yourself and one negative and we'll obsess on the negative.
0: It's probably a hundred things, to one.
2: Yes. Yes. And Mm -hmm. we all do this. But the problem is if we're all sort of a little demoralized now by what's going on, we don't see a a bright light or, uh, or a a rainbow at the end of this tunnel here because of all the negativity that we're dealing with. I mean, think of all the shootings and the anger and the racism Mm -hmm. and, The lack of civility and the stories of COVID and and global warming were surrounded by so much negativity. You don't want to spiral down with that negativity. You want to be disciplined and make choices that reflect your highest goals. And I talk about this in Aspire Higher. So it's really important to make sure that you know what you really want. The second thing is you want to make cognitively clear decisions emotion free because you know that when we make decisions or choices when we feel angry when we feel sad when we feel lonely when we feel resentful when we're afraid we tend to just make a decision that makes us feel good for the moment
0: but Um, oftentimes they
2: are inconsistent with what we really want for ourselves in the long term you know we, we say we say something we regret we write an email or a text and push the send button. We go, oh, my God, why did I do that? That's, you know, yeah. I feel so bad <laughs> about it now. Wow. Um, it wasn't good for us. So <laughs> the key really I've sent a, an email horror, or two. Right? Yeah. You want to take your time before you make a life choice. Calm mm-hmm. down. Walk around the block. Play some tennis. Re- listen to some music. Whatever calms you. Distance yourself from the emotions and mm-hmm. think about your blessings. Think about being consequence cognizant. Think about the consequences of making a poor choice. How that can affect you. How can it affect your career? How can it affect your family? Be mm-hmm. consequence it's cognizant. Good. And again, make when you're when you're cognitively clear, when you feel better, when you're cool, make a choice that's reflective of. Uh, get your highest values and your highest goals. So, you're one of the people asked the question. Oh, there are all sorts of steps that you can take to put yourself in the right mindset. One last thing, and then I will be happy to answer um, the question. Mm -hmm. That is, please remember when you're making your life choices, it's not the emotion that's toxic or positive, it's Mm -hmm. the expression Mm -hmm. of the emotion. You can be angry. Uh, or sad, but just not say anything <laughs> and not do anything. It's how you express it yes. right at the wrong time. And again, mm-hmm. in Aspire Higher, I talk about how to get your emotions to work for you, not against you.
0: And Antoine said, How do you find out what you love? Because a lot of people, they don't really like, even for me, I would, if you'd have asked me five years ago, 10 years ago, that I would love doing what we do here. I would have laughed. I would have not believed it and all that. But yet when I look at my past, I've always been in conversations with people.
1: Yeah. I just get to do that. I I just never
0: realize it. So
2: how do you find what you love? Well, Antoine, thanks for the question. And, you know, as I said earlier, it's really important that you take time to think about what would make your heart sing? What will put a smile in your heart on your face? And you know, when it comes to something professionally, for example, you know, some of the criteria would be: A, what do I do really well? What do I love to do? What mm-hmm. do my life experiences and education prepare me to do? What, what don't I want to do thinking about my past jobs? Thinking about my past jobs, what would I love to do? Because experience teaches you that. So the key really is, what do I? What am I really good at? Well, Chris, going back to what you just said, in your past, you knew you loved having conversations with people. You probably loved learning about them, and all of that. Well, think about that because that may um, lead you to do what you're doing now, which is, you know, I I love everybody's story. I want to find out about everybody's story i love asking questions um that might lead you to say "Hmm, maybe i should be an interviewer or maybe i should be a psychologist or maybe i should be something that <laughs> i considered asked. psychology years ago yeah oh it's so funny I did. being you know it helps you put you on the path to saying these are things i do really well these are things i love what positions?" are there out there that are in sync with that. Being an interviewer is one of those. So the key really is Antoine, think about what you love to do, what you're good at, and what would make your heart sing. Those those are guides anyway to figuring out what do you love? Now let's
0: go back a little bit now. What got you here? Cuz you know, you told me there's a story behind what led you to the books and all that. So so let's talk about your story some. Let's go back and Tell us that.
2: Sure, Chris and Sandy. Um, Well, I was, and I talk about this in Aspire Higher, I was a very late blooming child. Um, (laughs) I was overweight. I was clumsy. I was insecure. Um, You know, I wasn't a total mess, but it was pretty pretty rough. And um, part of that was because um, I thought my dad didn't love me. Because my mom was always there. But my dad was always working. So (laughs) as a youngster at three and four and five years old, I intuited, well, my mom's always here. And she's, you know, very supportive. So she must love me. My dad's Mm -hmm. never here. So he must not love me. And my dad's dad died when he was very young, so he didn't, he didn't have a fathering role model to fall back on, yeah. so that when he yeah. did spend time, he just didn't know how to relate to me. So um, what I found out later um, when I was um, uh, 12 and 13 was that I realized my dad was working really hard six days a week and many nights just so I could have the education he never had. So oh, wow. that changed everything in my perception of my dad, but it took me a long time for me to get over the fact that I felt unloved and in some cases unlovable. And uh, as a result, when I w- would feel really frustrated about that, I'd sit and eat and I'd binge eat. And that's why I became <clears throat> obese as a young as a youngster. So luckily I had a mom who always believed in me and never compared me with other kids a more advanced stage of development. She never said, yeah. "Well, why is he doing this? Why is he getting better grades? Why is he doing what she's doing?" This. She never did that, which was great for me. And then in high school, I had a great um, sociology teacher who believed in me, and I had a really terrific tennis coach. And those three people were the wind beneath my wings. They saw what I could be. So eventually i evolved i came around i developed far more self-love and all of that through the positive life choices i made and through also understanding where my dad was coming from Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. what happened was was that um i started in college to study the effects of positive life choices on one's self-esteem on Mm -hmm. one's feelings of self-worth and self-image and I've always been a student of the positive life choice since then. But my goal, Chris and Sandy and everyone out there, was to see what can be in people and see their potential. Because so few people saw the potential in me early on. My mission in life is to see what can be in others and help them to make the positive life choices to fulfill that potential, to see what can be and make it a reality. I
0: definitely love that. And it's, you know, and and sometimes I think, you know, as parents, you know, you always hear parents say like what you just said, that they wanna give you more than what they had. And sometimes I think sometimes parents to me has it wrong a little bit because it should be give more love to me. You know, again, you know, like, you know, we we homeschool our kid and all that. And, you know, we we work from home and all that because, and I guess I went the other extreme because just like you, I was in a position where my mom was there and my dad worked all the time. And so I went the other extreme and says, you know what, I'm going to find a way to be at the house and still make money.
2: (laughs) That is a great constructive Way to fulfill what you feel you want to be as a parent, right? You want to be there, you want to give your child or children what you didn't have, which was a fathering. Um, and he's a great guy, he does on a he's consistent, consistent. Doing, yeah. and he and he's,
0: yeah. and he and he always loved us and me and my mom and all of that. It's just that. He, you know growing up i think he was like okay you provide no matter what it takes just like your dad and it was like yeah, yeah, but but as a young mindset. kid and getting into teenage years it was like i never saw him right. yeah. and well, now when he was there me. he was there right. but i never saw him
2: right well i got it i can i can empathize um cuz i went through the same thing you know times were different than. That was when the man yeah. was the provider, uh, the hunter gatherer, and all of that. Yeah. Things are, are different now. Yeah. But, you yeah. know, because you have, you have obviously women in the workplace and doing fantastically and all of that. So it's a, it's a different situation. But yeah. what hasn't mm-hmm. changed is that children need consistent, unconditional love. And
0: yeah. the fact yeah. was,
2: I just, yeah. I was feeling it from my mom. I just wasn't feeling it from my dad. But luckily, he did love me. And as we got, as I got older, and I understood him more, and he had more time to spend with me, we bonded through athletics. And that changed oh, wow. the uh, dynamic for me. And I had, you know, for uh, for years and years thereafter, an incredible relationship, an incredibly loving relationship with my dad. But it's a really, you know, that in itself um, is a really important um, sort of point to make. And that is, once I understood where my dad was coming from, once I understood what his background was and why he acted the way he did and why he wasn't there, simply because he wanted to provide for me and to give me a better life yeah. than he had, mm-hmm. it melted It melted my um, feelings of, of rejection and, yeah. um, and uh, feeling unlovable. Life, because later
0: in life, I understood it.
2: Yes. And I did too. And I love my dad for it. And I felt compassion for him because he didn't have a dad because his dad died when my dad was very, very young. So it's really important. Oh, really? So, you know, what's really important I think in, in this lesson is that it's so important to take the time to understand others and where they're coming from. And I talk about this in aspire higher, Because if you're going to make loving choices with regard to others and understand them and have a more civil and respectful country, it's because you take the time to understand where others are coming from and understand that just because um, you have a certain background and see things through your subjective eyes doesn't mean Mm -hmm. that it's right or the only way. There may be other ways to think, see things and do things because people have different backgrounds than you do, and it's important yep. to understand that and be respectful of that. It will bring us together.
0: And and that and that's so the point on what you're saying there because my personal Facebook uh, page has people from all walks of life, people from all political spectrums, people from all beliefs, and I've created it that way on purpose. Um, I didn't want to be this person that I have these beliefs and I want only my Facebook page to have these beliefs. I didn't want that. I wanted to see the world. All and perspectives, and yeah. it's helped me through the years to see so, a side that I don't agree with normally. I'm like, when they make comments on Facebook, I'm like, that actually makes sense. You know, I can see the other side. And I love that because I think that that's what we need in this day and time. We need we need Republicans and Democrats to come together, sit down and say, look, it's okay for you to share how you
2: feel, but let the other person do the same. Chris, I so agree. It is so important. You know, I was born and raised in Brooklyn uh, and everybody around me had very similar beliefs because we were sort of this community. It yeah. wasn't until I went to college and met people from other states and other <laughs> countries that I was exposed to different ways of thinking, different values, different ways of doing things. And just like you, I said, well, that's right, too. Or that's better. I like that better. You've got to do it than I do. And, you know, it's so interesting because um, so often people look for affirmation, meaning they want to be around people that think the way they do and say, you're right. What <laughs> you're saying and what I agree is with is not affirmation, information. Let's learn about different ways of doing things because we can be more well-rounded human beings and we may find better ways of doing things if we're open and not so defensive. We open, see everything from close. our
0: perspective.
2: Absolutely. And it's nice it, to have our, you know, it's nice to have our uh, opinions affirmed. Yeah, but, exactly. You know, yeah. But you also want, yeah. yes. you want to be a balance. Yeah. You want diversity. You want diversity of people. You want diversity of opinions because that's how you grow. And that's our yeah, country. You know, diversity. Yeah.
0: And that's like I seen a meme that had a picture where it had two people facing each other and a six- in in there but it was one side saw a 6 the other side saw a 9 but they both were right
1: oh from point of view different perspective cuz it's their point of view and that's, that's exactly something i've
0: learned is you know I, I, I a lot of times if i see something on tv and, and and if i start to think why would they do that my next question is would i in their position do that and i have
2: to then i have to say i might would Yeah, well, you don't know where they're coming from and what their experiences are. And sometimes people have gone through a lot of pain. And one of the ways Mm -hmm. that they you know, cope is by being very defensive and not Mm -hmm. letting Mm -hmm. either others or other opinions in because you feel like, oh my God, I just need to protect myself. The key is, I think it's important. It's like an athlete. A professional athlete goes on the court or on the field and you know what? You run the risk. You might lose, but you learn and you grow and you get better. The key really is you've got to be, you know, a scientist out there. Be a student of life. There are we don't know any everything. Nobody knows everything, and we don't do everything. So the key, is everyone, learn from your experiences and assimilate that information and see how to be better each day. Um, I think that's an incredible way to evolve. And I talk about that as well in Aspire Higher because, again, it's all about making choices that truly elevate your life, elevate your spirit, and elevate your inner feelings of positivity and love and peace and joy.
0: Now, you know, as you know, a lot of people, they see the glory in being a big author, the glory in being a big psychologist, uh, an artist, you know whatever, but they don't see the grind, the sacrifice, the tears, the struggles it takes to get there. And I always want to talk about that side of it, you know, because I think it's imp- one of the most important things to talk about is as people are, are rising in life, what they went through. Cause to me, it doesn't matter where you are. What matters is what you went through to get to where you are. Cause not everybody's on equal playing fields. So tell us a little bit about your story that's that's um, where you've had to sacrifice to get here.
2: Well, you know, I've learned more on the athletic field than I ever have in a classroom. Oh, wow. Uh, uh-huh. yeah. uh, about learning how to navigate through life. And I've gone through some very good schools. I went to Harvard undergrad and Cornell Law School. So I will tell you, I've learned much more on the athletic field And that is, for example, how to be disciplined, how to um, not go for the immediate gratification. And that means practicing, foregoing, going to parties when you're at a tournament because your bigger goal is to win or at least be at your best the next day. So you give yourself the best chance to win. And losing, learning how to lose and learning from the experience. One of the things I've learned that's helped me so much is that. If you're going to put yourself out there, you're going to lose. Everybody loses. But the key is, if you learn what the flaw was, what you could have done better, losing is actually the first step to winning because, you know, there are plenty of times when I lost to somebody in a match and I thought, you know, I didn't hit this shot that way or, you know what, I need to improve my serve or, you know what, I need to improve my stamina or I need to do this. So what it did was it pointed up something I needed to shore up, <clears throat> something I needed to work on, but it, it made my arsenal of strengths better because I acknowledged that I needed mm-hmm. to do it. And losing was the thing that tipped me off to it. So <laughs> I believe that I don't mind losing. I mean, I, I don't love it. As long I as you learn. learn. As long as you learn, because if you learn As I say, you really, even if you lose, you still get the big W, but the big W is not win, it's wisdom. You learn and then you move forward and you're better because of it. So please know any athlete, any competitor, anybody who's hugely successful will say that you don't succeed every time, but you can learn and you will be better for it so that when that opportunity comes around again, you're much better. Um, and you put yourself in a better chance uh, or have a better chance to win.
0: And and everybody that we've talked to at, at high levels have always said the same thing, too, that they have failed more times than they have succeeded. But they only needed it's that cool. one success. Yeah. to explain. Right. Like us, you know, mm-hmm. we've failed at over 100 different
2: business at ideas, least. at yeah. least. At but least, yet yeah. here we are still trugging mm-hmm. along. <laughs> yeah. And this is what you were meant to do. Sometimes you also just have to, and I talk about this in Inspire Hire, my trust, trust rule. Just trust that if you continue to do the right things and make positive life choices, the right things will be in your future. And it, they were for, for you both. Um, the other thing that you mentioned, Chris, that's so important is, you know, talent is potential. One of the ways you attain your potential is working really hard, being a grinder. I've always been a grinder um, and it served me really well. So I'm used to it being an athlete, practicing, you know, putting myself in the best position to win. But I believe Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, uh, Tom Brady, when you hear about the best athletes, they're the ones that get to practice earliest. And the ones that stay the latest. It's not just talent; it's putting in the work and working
0: smart. And and, you know, it's like you know, especially in entertainment business, and whether and it's sports included. But you know, there is some luck also in to rise to the very top. And but you don't get there if you don't grind and work. If you just think you're you're going to have those those opportunities open up. They're not, but if you work, 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 like I remember one of the sayings I heard uh, years ago, and I love this, the harder I work, the luckier I get.
2: Oh my God. Do you know that I actually quoted that in my last book, Career Choreography? (laughs) It's at the head of a chapter. I so agree with that. We are in total sync. And, you know, I think it was the the incredible Oprah Winfrey, who in my business is the biggest megastar, but she said something like, um, you know, when... Uh, opportunity meets preparation, or when preparation meets opportunity, yep. that's when luck happens. In other words, you sometimes yeah. you make your own luck, and that is because you're ready to seize the opportunity. You've prepared yourself to seize the opportunity because yep. you've worked hard getting up to that point. Yeah, because you know, you know, like the, by the preparedness,
0: you can you can be. Um, I would rather be over prepared. And not have an opportunity, then the opportunity come and I'm not prepared, and I lose it because oh, yeah. of it.
2: No question. And and how much do you regret that? You say, "Oh my God, if I had only prepared." I mean, uh, let's just, not do the shoulda, woulda, couldas. You know, let's be prepared. You know, let's make our best life choices because then you have fewer regrets because you're you're leaving it all out on the court. You're you know what you want, and you're doing your best and making conscious choices to fulfill that potential which you have
0: now you know we talked a lot about your a little bit of your story your book um now as you know a lot of people they see you they see the big artists the big actors and all that but they don't see the teams behind them in our opinion teams never get love they deserve they don't on our show they do so take a couple minutes just to tell us about the team that helps you be who you are
2: well you know my biggest team um my family you know my mom and dad first of all and my wife and my two children because they they inspire me to be the best person i can be they aspire i aspire higher because of them so you know first of all the people you love um you know are the people that are the wind beneath your wings and that's so important it's so important to have people around you who love you who want the best for you who care about you and it's important to let the people who are toxic go, you know, put positives in your life. Um, the other team are the people I work with, uh, at Ken Lindner and Associates Inc., my company, um, mm-hmm. my publisher. Uh, I have an amazing publisher in Greenleaf, and there's a great story, uh, with that in that, um, traditional publishers take about 18 months to turn a book around, and yeah. I wanted yeah. to get Aspire higher out for these holidays, because I think we really need it now with all of the negativity out there. Mm -hmm. So Greenleaf, who I've used before and I absolutely love, they were able to get this book out in four months so that November 16th is the release date of my book. But the books are already online and they're already in bookstores. So they've done a fantastic job. And there's what it looks like. They are a great team in every way. And also my... I have a a PR team in, in Jay Conley and they, they're awesome. Yes. But it takes, you know, it takes, it takes, you know, a village, it takes a team and it's, it's not one person. I mean, I, you know, every quarterback who gets all of these accolades and attention will tell you, it takes all of those teammates. It takes the line to protect him. It takes, you know, people to catch the ball. It takes people to run with the ball. It takes the coaches. It takes the trainers. It takes a team. And and one of the keys in life is get a great team. Get a great yep. team.
0: And speaking of great teams, we yeah. have our secret weapon. Oh, we
2: do. Our yeah. third co-host, third our parent.
0: nine-year-old. Christopher. She's, she, he comes on and asks a couple questions. So Sandy's oh, yeah. going to go get him. <clears throat> and we've got a two-and-a-half-year-old daughter that when she gets older, she'll oh, be plugged in the show, too, because we are a family affair
2: show. Oh, that's great. Well, I have a son and a daughter, and I know how much joy they bring to me, so I'm sure.
0: And you'll probably um, love this, but we, our main media name that we run everything under is called Positive Life Media.
2: Oh, I did not know that. Well, (laughs) we are in total sync.
0: (laughs) Because, and, and, you know, it's funny, even though I went through 19 years of addictions, I still knew the positive life and all that, because what actually taught me it all, and some people may laugh at this, but I got my positive life education through Amway. Really? Yeah, because that because that's what they're big at is personal development with books, the seminars, all that. And I, I I probably went through thousands and thousands of hours of that through the years. And I really believe that if it weren't for that, who knows what would have happened to me. The positive well, life is the way to go.
2: Absolutely. So, who is this? My name's Christopher hi christopher i'm ken how are you
0: uh i'm great hi ken so what's your favorite food
2: i'm sorry what's your favorite food i'm sorry we're, i'm losing your favorite food oh my, my favorite food um let me see well i love pumpkin pie and Ooh. uh uh love uh salmon i love blueberries i love frozen cherries and watermelon and love sweet things although i try to stay away from uh, processed sugar but uh all those things Mm, what's yours mine is pizza oh i love pizza too Ah, i love cheese and i love great sauce
0: Hmm. yeah definitely gotta have great sauce (laughs) yeah
1: so what's your favorite tv show
2: well, my favorite TV shows, I've always loved lawyer shows. And when I was a baby, I'm dating myself here. I loved Perry Mason. And um, uh, growing up, I love shows like Leave it to Beaver and Father Knows Best. And over the last 10 years, I've loved shows like Suits, which was uh, a show on USA and and Royal Pains. And, uh, and uh, a few of the USA shows that, that uh, my wife and I watched. Um, one was called White Collar. Uh, so anyway, those are my favorite shows. Uh, <laughs> What's yours? Mine is SpongeBob. Oh, God. You know what, Christopher? My kids love SpongeBob. In fact, <laughs> yes. in fact, when my daughter and son were running cross country, there was a truck that came around and they always had <laughs> SpongeBob, Ice Cream Pops. That was their favorite. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Is that
0: awesome? Yes.
2: What's a favorite movie? My favorite movie, um, I have a lot of them, honestly, but one of them is Dead Poets Society, which was a, a film years and years ago that I learned so much from. I love Midnight in Paris. There are a lot of films that I... I really, really love, because you can learn so much. It's, it's a window uh, of insight into um, either uh, the writers or the director's eyes, and it's a great way to learn. And you?
0: All right, mine is a Minions movie.
2: <laughs> oh my God. Once again, you know, one of the great yeah. things about having children, Christopher, is you see things yes. through their eyes, and we have seen <laughs> all the Minion movies. In fact, uh, we've seen them all. uh, When my son was younger, he had a Minion uh, poster in his his room. Mm -hmm. So we're big Minion fans. Oh, wow. Bye, Nate. Christopher, it's a pleasure to meet you. And, you know, speaking of
0: seeing things through other people's eyes, I remember when my wife and I first met, she, she lived in Kentucky. I lived in, here in Georgia. And we met online. So when she flew down here the first time, she's never really left Kentucky, never seen the ocean. And so I took her out to the, to tie beyond to the ocean and just to watch her face and her eyes and all. I could, I could see. Because I had that.
1: always wanted to see the ocean. I'd only seen <laughs> it on TV and in movies. So.
2: Oh, it's so great. Well, one of my, um, I, I represent a lot of newscasters in Georgia, but one of my favorite memories was when I played tennis for college and we drive down to the University of Georgia and play uh, the University oh, of Georgia for a couple of days. Yes. And in fact, one of the, um, one of the players who I played against is still the coach uh, oh, wow. at the or is now the coach of the University of Georgia. His name is Manuel Diaz. And uh, uh-huh. he turned out to be a pretty good friend after all these years. I oh, have cool. great, I have great memories of Georgia.
0: Looks like this may be their year. They're still undefeated.
2: Uh, yes. The, yes. The football. Yes. Yeah, I think I may be wrong in this, but I think your quarterback actually was originally at USC and then transferred. Uh, I'm so not sure about be, that, but, I can't uh, remember, but right, something yeah. like that.
0: Yeah, but that, yeah, but yeah it's, yeah, well,
2: it's, it's, it's been an it amazing year.
0: Oh, yeah. so I guess it's been an amazing year for Georgia because Atlanta Braves win the World Series. So, if, yes. so if Georgia Bulldogs can pull off the win, the ultimate win national championship. it will be really great for Georgia on both fronts.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's, crazy <laughs> year.
0: that's so exciting. I'm, that would be great. All right. What, what are
1: some sources of inspiration for you?
2: Sources of inspiration for me are my family. Um, Learning from others, you know, Sandy, I really believe in respecting others and listening to others. Everybody has a story. And Mm -hmm. I, and very much like both of you, because you're driven to interview people, I love learning about other people's stories and seeing where they're coming from. And I think it's, as I mentioned earlier, it's so important because being respectful of them and understanding where they're coming from, and them understanding where I'm coming from. That is what's going to give us the unity that we want, the res- mutual respect that we want. Um, we really do need to come together and and respect each other. And the only way yeah, you can absolutely. respect people is by understanding them and caring about them enough to take the time to, um, to listen. To listen. Yeah, so
1: important. So important.
2: And what would you like for your
1: legacy to be? What would you like to be most known and remembered for?
2: Well, you know, I don't do things uh, because I, I, you know, just, I remember years ago reading a book, and I can't remember the name of it, but part of it was the discussion about being inner-directed and outer-directed. I try to be inner directed. I just try to do things because they're the right things to do and not worry about the applause and the crowd and what other people think because oftentimes what other people think and what other people applaud isn't really the right thing to do. So the key is sometimes you just have to follow your heart, take the road less traveled and do what you think is right. If you ask me what I'd like my legacy to be is that I was as bright a light as I can be for as many people as I could be.
0: Oh, I love, love that. that. Yes. You know, cause yeah, I really love that. Cause I want to be the light for the outcast because that's how I've always felt all my life. I, I want to show people who's been through the addiction. You know, I went through 19 years of addictions, been sober almost 14 years now. I want to show people that no matter what you've done, no matter how dark your past was, you can get not only get through it, but you can be that light for other people. Because again, you know, just because you're in this dark phase right now doesn't mean you can't be the lighthouse for someone else.
2: Well, Chris, you and I come from from the same place, a little different. But as I said, I did not feel really good about myself. I was demoralized. And so many of us now just need a jumpstart. We feel like we're stuck. So I felt like I was stuck as a youngster, stuck in you know, bad feelings, uh, in being insecure. And, but we all get stuck sometimes. And I, I just feel like, and this is why I wrote Aspire Higher, because I really feel like our way out is just starting step-by-step step to make positive life choices. Choices, as I said, when we first started, that reflect your highest self and your highest goals. Because if you can start to do that, you start to feel great. You start to feel powerful that you have the power, the ability to lift your life, to lift your spirits, to lift your self-image. All of that, so important, I believe, in in having a life that you're truly happy with and proud Mm -hmm. of. And,
0: And, you know, momentum works both, you know, like I've learned with addictions, you know, momentum in your life can go downhill really fast. But I've also learned The flip side is also true. When you start that path of changing, you start the path, like you said, take that first step and just go forward.
1: It may not seem like a big step at
0: first, Mm -hmm. but when you get a thousand steps down the road, now all of a sudden you're in a
2: whole different place. No question. You know, it's really interesting. Years and years ago, when Tiger Woods was in his heyday um, and winning all sorts of tournaments, I remember uh, he was down by five strokes going into the final round of a pretty big tournament. Oh And he wound up winning by one stroke. And the commentator at the end said, well, what were you thinking? What was in your head? And Tiger Woods said succinctly and confidently, I've been down by a, a bunch of strokes before and I've come back and won. I knew I could do it because I've done it before. When you have the confidence, when you have the positive reinforcement of making good choices, as you said, good life choices start the momentum for more good life choices. You feel like you can do it. Sort of when people say, somebody said this to me the other day, sort of like feeling like when you lose the first five pounds, you feel like you can lose a lot more. You get jump started, you get the momentum, and you keep it going.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like I I remember hearing, um, I can't remember who it was, but it was funny, but it's so true. Uh, this is kind of on money, same way that he says, you know, when you make that first million, that it's the hardest you'll ever do. He says you may not ever make it there, but if you make that first million, it will be the hardest thing you'll ever do. The second million is still hard, but it's easier. But time, right. but the fourth million comes like clockwork by that point because you've now have <laughs> done it.
2: Yes, I've Um, always laughed at that, but it's so true in life. Well, somebody actually said that to me in in a a bit of a different way Um, Mm -hmm. when I was starting out as a a baby talent representative and he was Uh one of the heads of the company. And he said, it's hard to earn a living and easy to make money.
1: <laughs> I love that. Yes, love
2: that. Love that. So you know, as we come to
0: a close here, any final parting words for people, and tell everybody how they can find you.
2: Yes. Sure. Well, first of all, I just want to tell you both it's been an absolute pleasure and privilege, privilege to be with both of you. It's been great, and you asked so much, so many wonderful and and caring questions. So thank you both. And um, I guess what I would tell everybody out there is that if you just figure out what it is you love and figure out um what you want to be in life what would make your heart sing and then make choices that reflect your highest self and your highest goals you're going to jumpstart your life you're going to love how you feel you're going to love the path that your life is on and so many great things will flow from it which is why i wrote Aspire Higher, which is basically a set of steps and strategies to help you make great life choices. You can find Aspire Higher on my website, uh, Positive Life Choice Psychology.com, all one word Positive Life Choice Psychology.com. Or you can get it at barnesandnoble.com, Amazon.com, Walmart.com, Target.com, BooksAmillion.com, IndieBound.com and at booksellers all over the country. So thank you so much. And there's a
0: picture of it so you can see it. Yes. And, you know, we really enjoyed having you on the show today. We definitely look forward to having you back down the road.
2: Well, that would be great. And let me wish you both and all of your viewers a beautiful, um, positive, and joyful holiday season.
0: You too. We definitely appreciate it. You have a great day. Thank
1: you so much for your time today.